I forgot the bottle. It's gorgeous to be back in Adelaide. Uh, What, gorgeous? No. Um, No, it is great. We love it. Yeah, I saw your... uh, uh... You're listening to the dollop! This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Once a week, I read a story from American history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. (laughs) Sir. Okay. Yeah, let's do one about chlamydia. <laughs> Why not? We're not. Maybe now is a good time to talk about show shouting. Yeah. Uh, our new favorite announcement. Don't do it. <laughs> this show is brought to you by No Shouts. No Shouts. Come on, or, shut up. Or. <laughs> You're supposed to do it. What? You gotta just yell the thing. I'm sorry. Say the fucking date. Any date. Sure, it doesn't matter to me. It's just... It's like if October I know. 24th, No, no, you're supposed to shout it. Yeah, yeah. Let's do this one. I'm supposed to shout it, dude? Yeah. October 24th, 2017. No, not today's date. The date. No. Of the... The date. Of this. What does it... What's the first thing it says at the top of here? Besides that title that'll probably not help. Did you see that? I can't see what the title is now. Oh, Jesus, relax. I'm not cheating. I'm not, I have no interest in cheating at this point. Did you guys see he almost just ruined the podcast? No. You guys Look, saw that, right? You know monkeys got wandering eyes. April 28th, 1878. <laughs> Valentine Thomas Keating was born at home to Irish immigrant parents. Okay. Ra, uh, Thomas and Bridget Keating in Chinatown, Melbourne. Oh. <laughs> it's Australia. Uh, Valentine had what brother? Thomas. And How three... old was he when he died? <laughs> Why? Just let this family Here live in go. peace. Uh, and he had three sisters, Catherine, Hannah, and Nora May. Okay. Plus one, uh, one brother and sister that both died as infants. Right. There it is. Okay. As long as we're hitting the marks. Got a couple always got to go, guys. A couple in the 1800s. Don't get too attached. Yeah. Not- one's going to start coughing, and you're going to be like, mm, eat its heart. Let's end this. If there is ever is time travel, just don't. No, and not a good. You should name them till they're two. Yeah, truly. In the yeah. 1800s, yeah. there's no reason to just count them off. Yeah. And then when they hit two, you're like naming ceremony time. All right, someone's getting a name today. Look at you, you little fighter. We're gonna call him Champ. Uh, we know almost nothing about uh, Valentine Keating's childhood. Uh, probably not great, though. His father drank a lot. And uh, when Valentine was 11-year-old, his mother was jailed for six weeks for running a sly grog shop. 
<laughs> Sly grog? Well, she's selling unless, unlicensed uh, bootleg. Right, so uh, she's just booths. street grogging. Street grogging. Right. Street grogging it up. Yeah. Oh, you. Huh? Oh, you. What's that? You're thirsty, mate. <laughs> Don't look at me. Oh, you're thirsty. Valentine was missing. Tough day at the grog sly. Valentine was missing his right leg above the knee. Sure. And used a crutch. Wait, his right leg above the knee? So he just sort of had a weird missing part? No. No, no. Maybe I said that incorrectly. I meant like from right above the knee. Down. 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 Okay, down. Not up. That makes uh, more sense because I'm like, yeah, what's it's the fucked connection up if point? it's the other way. Yeah, well, in that day and age, it was just like you had a squirrel between. You're like, yeah, stay there, squirrelly. Look at me, I'm jogging again. Uh, he used a crutch. Makes sense. Uh, he may have been born that way, but we know for sure that the leg was definitely gone by the time he was 12. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll take it. That was the age Valentine was first arrested. Okay. <laughs> was he out legless? He was half-legging around. Yeah, sure. From the North Melbourne Advertiser, quote, Valentine Keating, a boy 12 years of age and a cripple... Okay. ...was charged with unlawfully assaulting a hung. That's a name. A hung? A-H. He's, uh, he's pretty hung, yeah. Okay. Ah, hung. <laughs> That's how they say it. That's how they sure. say it in the, in the brothel. Ah. Oh. Uh, he's got a slow name. Sure. Uh, so Ahung was walking down the street, and then Valentine uh, walked up and hit him in the face with his crutch. Sure. Okay. What was he arrested for? I know. So far, it's fine. Yeah. Valentine claimed self-defense. He said Ahung had attacked him with a bamboo pole. It was a different time. Okay. Sure. Uh, all Asian people had bamboo poles. Right. And you got a guy crutching it. And he's crutching it around town. Okay. Uh, Valentine was found guilty and fined. Okay. Uh, the next year, Valentine's mother was in trouble. A warrant was uh, put out for her arrest after she allegedly stole from the woman who employed her as a servant. Okay. She took, quote, a brown cashmere skirt, a loose-fitting dress, a white apron, a Holland apron, and a black hat not trimmed. A Holland apron? Yep, it's from Holland. You just keep joints in it? What's the difference between a regular apron and a Holland apron? One, one can handle... Uh, <laughs> one's better for... Uh, uh, it was orange. Yes. And... Orange. Uh, it's uh, good for uh, uh, wet. If I... Uh-huh. Go ahead. Um, the the news, newspaper gave a description of, uh, of uh, Bridget Keating, his mother. Uh, five feet, five inches tall. 
Uh, stout build, dark complexion, wears maroon dresses. Oh, boy. Someone's a troublemaker. You're talking to salmon pants, so... Other times, she wears a white dress and a straw hat. Uh, walks lame on right leg. So it's genetic. Well, she still has a uh, leg, but she's moving, she's moving uh, sideways up. or whatever. She can't... Like, if she... Uh, she just goes in a circle. Oh, gotcha. So... I'm just guessing. Sure. We all are. In 1892, when she was 14, uh, when he was 14, Valentine and his six-year-old brother, Thomas, were picked up by the police. <laughs> what is this? Okay, what did the six-year-old... Okay, what happened? You know, six-year-olds back then, it's like yeah. a 20-year-old today. Yeah. Just tagging with finger paint. Uh, Daring his friends to drink weird drinks. Yeah. Weird drinks? Go ahead. Uh, police uh, who, quote, found them begging and selling matches in Collins Street. Boy, what a great time. Fire was so... <laughs> selling matches. I would buy matches from a six-year-old so today. It, so mom's sly grogging and yep. he's match Mom's sly uh, One, the older brother, doesn't have a leg thing. And then the little guy is selling matches. Right. Okay. Cool. And Sounds mom, like a... And mom, uh, mom has a bad leg and dad drinks. It's what we call now an entrepreneurial family. <laughs> the police reported to the court that the boy's father was a drunkard. Okay. Then they turned uh, them over to the Royal Park Boys Receiving Depot. Sure. That's a Where fucked you up throw thing. Boys. Uh, if you have if you have a receiving depot for boys, your whole situation is fucked up. Like the whole a country. A receiving needs depot for boys. Go ahead and just beep, 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 bring him in. Just go ahead. Got a lot of boys. Go ahead and dump Got a lot of boys. What a All right. Of, see you tomorrow. All right. That's a load of boys, huh? Uh, look at the boys, huh? Hell. So they, mm. they have a depot for boys. Uh, that was Victoria's government-run center for criminal and neglected children. Sure. That's a better title. Yeah. Than Boy Depot. I like Boy... <laughs> well, Boy Depot, the movie's pretty gay, but it's, uh, great, but it's about something else. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I'm not sure why I brought up... Uh, why weren't here. you taking a bath earlier? Were you watching Boy Depot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so after four months, Valentine and three other boys escaped from the center. Okay. Uh, Valentine was now f- free to pursue his uh, chosen larrikin lifestyle. His larrikin? You will get to it. Okay. Uh, and then his brother was released after five months and went back to dad. Okay. The late 1800s to early 1900s was a heyday of larrikins in Australia. <laughs> That's weird, right? Yeah, I mean, a couple people seem... What the fuck's a larrikin? Larrik... A what? Larrikin. Larrikin? Larrikin. K. Larrikin. Yeah. What's okay? What are any of them? Well, they've changed it around a little bit, but uh, they used to be real fucking assholes. Okay. <laughs> but now they act like they're fun scamps. They're still around. Uh, well, they call people. 
It's a it's an Australian term. It's an affectionate term now, like a rascal or a scamp okay. kind of fella. But in the late 1800s, it was more brutal, similar to a biker gang uh, okay. today in America. Okay, okay. I so, think but, rascal and scamps used to be worse, too. Like, if you were a rascal back then, they were like, he's a murderer, he's a rascal! <laughs> a stabbed scamp! His, stabbed his mom in the face. He's what a, a scamp! He's a scamp! Oh. What are you going to do, these kids? <laughs> he's a little rascal. <laughs> Wanted for two murders. Yeah, he's just this, like, ooh, grow up. <laughs> he's adorable, though. You will love him. Mm. Killed 42 people. What a scamp! What a little rascal! Um, so Larkins were generally young and not hardcore criminals. They focused mostly on petty theft, vandalism, and insulting behavior. Okay, I like that niche. Although there were some that were very bad. Okay. They annoyed customers in busy uh, shopping areas and stormed pubs and shops to steal drinks, food, and clothing. Okay. It's a nice a key, move. A key care. Car- we're naked! Give it to us! I forgot to mention they were naked. Yeah, you always do, Dave. A key characteristic of Alerican was contempt for authority. Okay. They always fought the cops when an attempted arrest was going on. Okay, like it. Yep. Alericans were from the slums, but they dressed pretty fucking sweet. Well, they were stealing all the good clothes. Their style originated in Spain, and from Spain... Spain, that style went to Mexico and then to California, and from California, it was brought to Australia by the gold diggers of the 1850s. Okay, okay. Larrikins wore coats tailored with tight waists and velvet collars. All right. Their coats were often decorated with pearl buttons and braid. Like it. Their trousers were an extreme version of bell bottoms. Uh, no, sorry. Bell bottoms are an extreme version of pants. Oh, no. What's an extreme version of bell bottoms? These are tents. Let's go. They're. I saw drawings on them. They're super tight, and then they just go. Poof. They just fucking come straight out. Down that's, here. Where, that's where the six year old comes out and sells matches from. That's how you sly grog it. You hide mom. She's five foot five under there, one gimpy leg. All of a sudden, a cup of grog comes out underneath that bell bottom. What's happening? I'm not sure. They wore black hats, often with wide brims and bright silk ties. Okay. Uh, Their boots had high heels and were buttoned up at the calf, and they had pointed toes. So what's Valentin doing as far as... Oh, he's got one. Okay, right. He just needs to find a buddy that's got the other leg. Right. And then they're a team. Right, okay. The toe cap of the boot often had a photograph of the Larrikin's girlfriend on it. Whoa, that is... What an honor, huh, ladies? I mean, good Lord, imagine. Who needs a Facebook status changed? I'm on his shoe, so... Pretty serious. I think I'm hearing wedding bells. He put me on his weird boot, finally. It's official! (laughs) It'd be so amazing if Australians still did that. Yeah. Fuck. We should. Be the Why best not? thing ever. <laughs> I miss her. <laughs> it ain't easy being on the road, but I miss her. <laughs> Actually, a little turned on by her. 
What's that? Huh? <laughs> Get out of my pant leg for a minute. I got something to do. Hurry, my leg's hurting. <laughs> uh, some larrikins grew their hair down to their collars and often had small mustaches and smoked stumpy clay pipes. Not going to lie, loving the look of them. Yeah. I loving it. That. Uh, their Donnas, which is what they called their girlfriends, uh, okay. were bright colors, often in crazy combinations. Their hats featured ostrich feathers, and they wore plush velvet jackets. They had short skirts to show off their elaborate high lace up boots, and feather boas were very fashionable. And some Donnas carried a small parasol for style and also to use in a fight as a lance. <laughs> Love it. Smart. It's not raining. Get out of here. Most larrikins belong to pushes. Boy, we are terminology heavy. Got to get deep into it. These what guys are, all know. What are the but pushes? you are the one learning. I'm learning. <laughs> Before World War II, Melbourne had street gangs of larrikins, which were known as pushes. In Sydney, the term, the talent, was used... Uh, often instead of a push. What's a push? You'd be like, so this is my talent. It'd be a bunch of dudes. And they'd, then they'd what? dance or something. <laughs> so Wait, no, sorry, no. I I'm going to need to treat you like the Boy Depot back up. I might be adding things that aren't true. Okay, so the talent, what is the talent? The talent is a group. It's a gang, it's a bunch of dudes. That's what you call your group. You're like, like if talent. We, if we went out, as we do. And like, so if me and Fosdyke and uh, his friend Dave go out tonight, and then I introduce, I be, hey, I'm Dave, and this is the talent. And okay, you and guys. why in this hypothetical situation am I cut out? No, you're there. You're part of the talent. You didn't mention me. Didn't need to, I thought. I didn't realize you were considering going back to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> the bath's drawn. Uh, some pushes had fantastic names. Uh, the Fitzroy. <laughs> it's always a good start. The Fitzroy Murderers. Uh, so they went. Bunch of rascals. Bunch of scams. Yeah, those guys went straight for it. They didn't really fuck around with that name. Sure. Uh, the Battle Ridge Push. The Devil's 13. Ugh. Uh, the Montauk Flying Squadron. There we go. We've got a winner. Ring the bell, someone. We've got a winner. The Coffin Mob. Okay. Many push names referred to where the gang members lived. The Waterloo Push, the Gipps Street Push, the Greenwich 40. Pushes were often around uh, a common interest, like fans of Sydney prize fighter Chris Dunn were members of the Cow Lane Push. Butcher's Apprentices formed the Livers Push. Ugh, stay away from the livers bush. They just throw livers at you. And the blood reds also. Uh, give me the flying one again, just because I... The Montauk Flying Squadron. It's a great group. They seem pretty fancy, were they were, were they capable of uh, flight? I don't think so, no. It's well, a weird name, then. Maybe they jumped off of... Yeah. That's a, well, then they're the theory. jumping, the, well, the jumpers. It depends how you look at it. Like they probably Unless thought. they use those weird bell bottoms as kites. <laughs> Maybe you should let them dream a little bit. I like to let people dream. From America. 
And then there was the crutchy push. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Feels like I might go back to the hotel. Uh, I'm guessing... Go ahead. The crutchy push was named so because its leader, George Renigel... Renigel? Reginald. Whoops. I like, Ren- be, uh, I like Renigeld. Well... There, Sounds like a jello should, I'd make. Someone should have left. Uh, I should have probably put an N in there when I wrote it. Sure. Uh, Reg. Short for Reg. That's what they called him. Hill. Uh, he had one leg and used a crutch to get around. Okay. Well, his options were limited. The crutchy push originally cons- consisted of... Not used to it yet. Originally consisted of only members who were missing a limb, but eventually they admitted some four-limbed men, too. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. At its height, the crutchy push contained 20 to 30 members, maybe half of whom had one leg. Okay. Plus a one-armed guy who kept a rock in his sewn-up empty sleeve. He would lead his push into battle, swinging his weighted sleeve around his head. <laughs> so he kind of tied the jacket off and then just had this weird sort of rock thumper? And he'd fucking do the chicken wing to get it moving. I mean, that, and that's... And he's fucking ready for battle. That would be like... Yeah, that is like you're dropped in the middle of nature and have no idea how to do battle. When that guy starts swinging, you're like, I've never seen this. What's my play? All right, boys. Let's get the party started. Yeah! 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 Finish him! <laughs> Fuck, that was good, eh? Hell of a fight, Swinger. Pardon? Swinger. <laughs> Right, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> put her there. Hey, oh, wait, kick, sorry, put her there. Kick, kick my hand. You don't have a hand. I've got the one. They weren't the largest push, but the crutchies were the most violent. Wow. I guess you got to make up for a deficit, though, in a way. Truly. Like, I feel like you got to, like... Step it up? Yeah. They well, I mean, also... they can't necessarily step it up. But you do, you go like, you go crazy You don't know karate, but you know crazy Yeah, they, and they And they probably had a little bit of anger Because you weren't treated great Oh, I'm like shocked now, to hear about not, that Like yeah. now, when you're treated awesome <laughs> Right, for yeah, no, when you have total you know. rights But back then, yeah, you, you had one leg You got treated like fucking garbage They're like, well, you're, you're not a person so they probably they formed a gang and they were uh, mean as fuck. Anyone who underestimated the danger of a crutchy based on his handicap was in for a shock. <laughs> they would balance on one leg and jab their opponent in the midsection with the tip of their crutch. Jesus, that is a power move. <laughs> Truly, a crutch is a strong. It's stronger than a limb. Oh no, it's a serious. You have a weapon. constant weapon near you. Well, I don't know if it's stronger than a limb. But like, I mean, you could do more damage. Like you, you've got you know, distance with you. Farther away, yeah. You can hit the guy pretty good. 
Uh, so they would hit the guy in the in the midsection, and then while the guy gasped for breath, they would spin the crutch around and beat him with the other end. Jesus Christ! The armrest end, which was basically a club. Well, and I think you also like you picture like crutches nowadays. Like there's a lot of comfort. We yeah, are talking no about a bat. Yeah, there's no foam back then. Right. You're just, you're, it's just, <laughs> just wood. Beating a man with wood, essentially. Yeah. Okay. As God intended. <laughs> Fifteen-year-old, one-legged Valentine Keating joined up. Valentine, Valentine, I don't know. Valentine was good-looking, about five foot nine, had dark hair and dark eyes. He started to uh, pop up often in police gazettes alongside other crutchy push members on charges of riotous behavior, willful damage, obscene language, and resisting the police. Okay. Newspaper articles warned of the danger. Some titles quote, The Cripple Terror. Mm. I feel like we're going to hear that again in America at some point. <laughs> some, some propagandist move. The new enemy! Yeah. They took our jobs. Yeah. The Larrikin Outrage. The Larrikin Outrage? Yeah. Did they a... have, they, every headline better end in an ex- exclamation point. Otherwise. Yeah. Okay, good. The Crutchy Push, Terrace of Melbourne. Okay. Melbourne's Cripple Gang of Hooligans. Jesus. Okay. So they've got the papers. Valentin uh, usually was given short jail sentences for his offenses. Often uh, he was caught for stealing. For example, one day a man put his coat and vest aside before playing football in the park. And Valentin and a couple of other crutchies grabbed it and pawned them. Mm-hmm. They were then arrested and fined. So it's a crazy time. Yeah, yeah, okay. Another day, police tried to arrest Valentine and David Hunt for obstructing a footpath. And the irony. <laughs> well, to be fair, it's not a feet path. There he is. They said he was creating, quote, a perfect nuisance. That's a compliment. On Abbotsford Street, the police went to Bridget Keating's home and asked her son's name, explaining he was to be summoned for loitering, and Bridget said, was said to have, quote, used very bad language. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, so she was sum- summoned also. Okay. Jesus. In court, Valentin explained that he had not been loitering. His mother had left and locked the house, and he was waiting to get in when the constable showed up. He and David were given the option of a small fine or 24 hours in prison. Hmm. I think you take the day. Yeah, you take the day. You just yeah, sleep it save off. save the money. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're in agreement. Yep. Fantastic. All right, we'll see you guys later. Bye, guys. Uh, in court, Bridget denied using bad language, explaining she only told the constable to go to Halifax. <laughs> he didn't let her finish. <laughs> go to hell! In facts! Now, why? Why? That's it? That was the whole, uh... You should eat shit! Talking mushrooms! What the fuck? 
You fucking cunt. Uh. Cut cake, cut cake. No, you're right, you're right. Uh, She also said that if she had used bad language, it was inside her door, not in a public place. Okay. Uh, The complaint against her was then thrown out. All right. One of the crutchy Bush's usual acts was demanding free drinks at bars. (laughs) Okay. If the... Crutchy was denied drinks. He Uh-oh. would sweep the bar with his crutch, sending all the glasses and bottles crashing to the floor. Jesus. That's quite a move. That's a power sweep. He might also break a few windows just for good measure. <laughs> so give him drinks, right? Well, one Tuesday night in 1899, Valentine and David Walsh went to the commercial hotel and demanded free drinks. Okay. <laughs> They were refused. One threw a lemonade bottle and the other a glass. Constable Noon was then uh, called and he arrived and tried to arrest them, but Valentine bit him. By the way, they did have a glass of lemonade total. So They had a glass of lemonade? Yeah, one threw a bottle of lemonade, one threw a glass. So they had a drink. Unless they grabbed it. It was on the bar and they grabbed it and threw it with somebody else's. Look, I get their plight. Okay, so they, they went ape shit. The constable had to call for help uh, in, the, in the bar, and two railway firemen uh, handcuffed him. Uh, but Valentine kept fighting, and more police uh, were sent for for reinforcement. It took 45 minutes to get uh, both of the crutches into a car and to take them to lockup. <laughs> so they're fucking badasses. They're yeah. one, one-legged... They're just like little tornadoes. Well, they just cause disaster around them. Oh. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I, I don't know why I, I was thinking it. of them spinning. Well, they are spinning. I picture them fucking matrixing a crutch. Yeah. And you know what happens if you go fast enough? What? Mm, someone whistles. In another incident, three crutchies were drinking whiskey at the Rose of Australia Hotel. When they refused to pay, the owner, quote, detained the hat of one of the men. No! No! The nerve! That says everything! What's he supposed to do, go outside? Uh, Now it's time to retaliate. I mean, I love the fact that they took the hat and they're like, well, what are you going to do now? (laughs) Go crazy! Checkmate, motherfucker! He's good. They took our hats. We're nothing. Uh, the crutchies told her if she didn't return the hat, they would smash the windows of the bar. Uh, then they attacked her, kicking her, and grabbed the hat. And then as they left, they smashed the windows. I think the lesson is don't take a crutchie's hat. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they were eventually arrested. Okay. On what it, grounds? Hat. Hat retaliation. <laughs> hat retaliation. Even if a crutchie was arrested, property owners would not have the damage paid for. So bar owners learned it was cheaper and easier to just go along with the crutchie pushes demands. Yeah. Yeah, get them liquored up. See how nice they are. Yeah, just let them fucking drink and don't worry about it. Yep, here we go. Crutchies would also threaten witnesses, break windows, and damage other property to keep them from testifying. (laughs) So Uh, they're like the mob. Yeah, but there's just... uh, Yeah. I mean, but they're not looking for, like, a greater score. They just want to drink and have a good time. That sounds like a greater score for me. 
Not sure you know what a greater score is. I don't. Many Push members work regular jobs. Uh, Valentin had a few jobs over the years. Uh, each time he was arrested, his occupation was recorded. He was listed as a laborer, okay. a hawker. Hmm? Just someone who deals in hawking? Yep, or okay. owns ha- hawks. Sure. Uh, he was a painter. Okay. A boot finisher. Sure, absolutely. They finish boots? Yeah, for sure. Well, you got to make it look nice when you put your lady on it. Yeah. And he was also a stone breaker. Okay, sure. As, as over people's heads. Uh, maybe. But stone breakers usually just broke... Uh... Let me guess. Go ahead. Hearts. <laughs> uh, stones, actually. Fair. That makes sense, actually. A stone breaker? Yeah. That you break stones. Because? Well, the name. Super clear. What do you do with stones? Hmm? If they're too big. You break them. (laughs) Most weekend nights, crutchies hung out in the streets... Uh, harassing people who were walking by. Cool. Sometimes they would chase them, pursuing them on their crutches. It's probably, uh, it's got to be a little bit of like a, oh my God, they're really gaining fucking steam here. I don't think I have that second gear I thought I had. Are you, t- are you the crutch guy or the other I'm guy? the guy running from the crutch yeah. guys. Who's, it's like, yeah, they've just got a good pace going and you're like, oh God, fear paralyzes you. So you're like, no, just kill me. Cut off my leg, I'll join you. <laughs> That would be awesome if they were cutting off people's legs to make the gang bigger. Look at that talent. Senior Constable Healy responded to a disturbance in Abbotsford Street and found Valentin Keating and two other crutchies using obscene language. Okay. They were probably just saying go to Halifax. As Healy arrested one of them, Valentin punched the constable. The constable then chased Valentine, quote, but he was off like a flying kangaroo. <laughs> There's a gang name for you. A flying kangaroo. <laughs> uh, he was off like a flying kangaroo, although he goes on a crutch. Context, okay. I think he's saying he was hopping. And potentially flying a little. Don't worry about him. We're better than him. Fuck, we lost one. Don't worry. He's, he's got shorts and a sweater on. I mean, yep. he doesn't know what's, he's, what's happening. That's called... Uh, Fuck. That's called classic Adelaide. Yeah. There's this, how about a t-shirt and pants? Oh, We've all accepted God. that one. My legs are so hot, but my torso is so cold. Mm. What's my deal? Well, I'm just going to wear Crocs, a thong, and then thermals. And uh, it'll balance out. Uh, so after beating up the constable, the third crutchy was arrested for inciting Valentine to arrest arrest, uh, uh, resist arrest. A later Valentine was found and arrested in a fish shop. Sure. Okay. That's where you go. Yeah, for sure. That's where you hide out. Valentine's sister, Hannah, was dating David Walsh, a fellow crutchy. Okay. So we've got a... Their mother, uh, Bridget, was not happy about the relationship. Or that he was spending uh, so much time, or sh- uh, that she Hannah was spending was, so right? much time at David's home, where he lived with his mom. 
And on the evening of uh, the 7th of July, 1899, Bridget went to David's home. And she asked Mary Hunt, David's mother, if Hannah was there. Mary said she'd left. Bridget then grabbed a cup from the tea table and threw it at Mary. Okay. So shit's getting fucking crazy. Sure. Immediately. Uh, the first one missed, so she threw another cup and then a plate. Okay. Then she grabbed a burning kerosene lamp and threw it at Mary. Jesus Christ. Escalated. That's when you miss the teacup being yeah. thrown at you. Like, throw more cups. Get more cups. Get the fine china. Uh, she hit Mary on the back of the head, and Mary was stunned for a minute or two. The police were called while Hannah and David put out the fire. A couple. It started because someone threw a kerosene lamp. Right. Forgot about that. Meanwhile, Mary grabbed a pair of tongs and chased Bridget off the premises. Jesus Christ. So the, there's a lot of bark. It's a different time. Yeah. But, I mean, they have the crutchies and the crutchy families have run out of fucks to give. I mean, are you talking about because they're chasing each other around with tongs? Like in the some... tongs are, like, enough to get you to be like, Run! It should be. It's like a Benny Hill move. It doesn't... <laughs> well, of that music, it is adorable. <laughs> That's okay, how you get the crutchy show off the ground. It's adorable until, uh, until he, you realize he's a sexual predator. Well... I don't and think any amount of will cure that, but never mind. It's still funny. Yeah, he was gay, Benny Hill. He was gay. Yeah, he was gay. So he should have been chasing around uh, dudes, naked dudes. Mm-hmm. But then that, I mean, yeah, <laughs> different time though. My guess is people weren't ready for that. Some countries are. talking about your country there (laughs) by the way our country is just all dudes fucking each other (laughs) now yep that's right we're happy um (laughs) it's our concession (laughs) we get weed and gay marriage and then everything else is fucked yeah I'm just looking at the flames outside there on the porch and like, I miss home. I miss the fires. Don't you miss living inside the devil's asshole, Dave? Yeah. We'll get back soon. Um, so everybody was arrested. Uh, when they appeared in court, Mary charged Bridget with unlawful assault and oh, breaking sh- four panes of glass. Bridget counter-charged Mary with assault and illegal detention of a hat. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that is... That was a crime. So That's the, why. The value of hats, were, it's just... It's, it's international. Everywhere you go, your hat is an extension of you. If someone took your hat... Oh, my God. There was a, an actual crime on the books that covered that. And it was the Fucking tension of a hat? Tension of a hat. <laughs> I thought that was just some outlandish reach. But she's citing an actual crime. It's a real crime, detaining someone's hat. Detaining a hat. It was a different hat. Time. Whose head were you on the night of the 14th? <laughs> Shine the light on him. Damn it, he blocked it.
that's good cop, bad cop the hat. I'll go in as good. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, look, I want to get you on another head as soon as possible, okay? Let's get you in and out of here, right? I mean, I know your deal. You blocked the side. Maybe you should be on a foot, motherfucker. All right, all right, all right. You got to excuse my partner here. He's a little hot from a case earlier. He comes in a little spicy. You got to ignore him. I'm trying to help you here. I'm your guy, okay? Don't make me bring in the bulldog, because we will. All I'm saying is, why don't you just go out, you know, we'll get you out of here 3, 3.30 this afternoon, put you on another hat. You ever heard get the you... phrase, shit in a hat? Hey, 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 hey. Nobody's shitting in you, my man. You want a Coke or something? Cigarette? What do you need? I'm your buddy. <laughs> on an all-new good hat, bad cop. <laughs> and then he becomes your partner. Can't believe I'm dealing with a goddamn hat. 40 years on the force, six days away from retirement, and I got you. (laughs) Ah, don't give me that shit, rookie. You don't know anything. You got a gut hunch. (laughs) Let me tell you something. If there's something I've learned about those over the years, it's don't pursue them. Oh, here we go with the young person speak again. (laughs) You hats think you know it all. Shit, incoming. Give me your gun. Cover me. Oh, Fucking hats. <laughs> so in court, the... Right, court. The cases were heard at the same time. Bridget accused Mary of harboring her... Uh, children and allowing them to come to her house at all hours of the night. Bridges said, quote, your worships, she's talking to the judge or okay. judges or jury, uh, your worships, she is always harboring them and she wants my daughter to marry her son who is a cripple. Wait, so but legit. this is Valentine's mother, right? Yep. Who is a yep. quote unquote cripple. Yep. And her son. Okay, so, well, okay. Great. She has some uh, self-image uh, issues. Sure. That would be like someone marrying Valentine. Mom, no. Mama. Mama, no. Shut up, you hatless fuck. <laughs> they detained it. And we got a confession. <sighs> Tell them what you told me back there. Let the record show he pointed at the defendant. The judge then asked about the hat. (laughs) The defense calls the hat. Hello, mate. (laughs) Okay, so... Of course, the judge's interest is the hat. All the details. <clears throat> let's get down to business, shall we? Uh, let's. What about the hat? Bridget said she'd gone to Mary's house about her daughter, and Mary assaulted her with a poker. Okay. Her hat came off. <laughs> okay. And she asked Mary to get it for her, but Mary refused. That's it. That's the. Uh, that's the hat story. So the hat story is that it fell off of her. And then she asked Mary to give it to her, and Mary wouldn't. So that's not. So if you have a, that's a hat. That's hat detention. That is not hat detention. That is just clear. That's hat hat suspension, but it's not detention. That is clear hat detention. You're detaining a hat. 
No, I don't think you are, Dave. Well, then the hat should be free to go, but it's not. No, it's not. There's more talking to do to it. I don't want to get upset about hat stuff right now. Nobody does. Nobody wants this. (laughs) (laughs) The judge asked Bridget if she broke the cup's plate and lamp by throwing them at Mary, and Bridget replied, quote, not to my knowledge. Okay. Okay. Uh, The hat charge was dismissed, and Bridget was fined. Okay. So the judge handled that shit. Yeah, really well. Hannah and David would go on to marry. No! She married a cripple. Ah! The nerve. Imagine! In 1890- Sorry, Valentine. I love you so much, baby. Oh, but I feel sick with what you're doing. You're unbelievable. Aim for the stars, sweetie. In 1899, the crutchy push made the newspapers for being involved in an arrest aided by the newest technology. Mr. James Farley, a clothier, was seated in his shop one afternoon when a buggy drove up and a man hopped out and approached as if he was going to enter the shop. Instead, he unhooked an overcoat from a nail and threw it to his companions in the buggy. Before Farley could reach the door, the buggy was speeding out of sight. <laughs> Wait, so he just got a jacket and threw it in the car, and then they took off? A buggy. It's not even a car. Well, yeah, it's a buggy, but yeah. Horse, right. A horse situation. Well, yeah. that makes sense. I guess they're not there yet. But Mr. Farley, yeah, that's all that So happened. they just took a coat, threw it out, and that was it. And then they threw it in the buggy, and they and took they off. they sped off. Okay. It's a fucking crime. Sure. But uh, Mr. Farley telephoned the North uh, Melbourne police to intercept the criminals, and the cops waited, but when the buggy didn't arrive on the road... The constable concluded that it was a local vehicle and they started searching local stables. Soon they found a frothing horse and an unhar- being unharnessed from a buggy. Okay. If you find a frothing horse, that's like a... Like today it would be like if a car was hot. Oh, the, the horse is just like foaming at the mouth? It's, well, it's frothing. Okay. Sorry. What did you think frothing... Uh, I would... I, if you said frothing, I would be like, oh, yeah, but you said frothing. Oh. So it sounds like, sounds like we're in the Canterbury Tales. So I'm like, mm. Fair. Frothing. Frothing. Right. So he's like, blah, 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 blah. Now he's I don't like know unhooking what's him. Happening. He's like, what's going on here? He's like, nothing. The horse ate an Alka Seltzer. <laughs> they didn't have those. <laughs> sure, they did. They had cars. Keep going. The driver was wearing a, the stolen coat. James Welsh, uh, Joe Ascroft, and Valentine were arrested and put in the North Melbourne Watch House. Australian football began introducing more teams, and football became a tribal game, pitting suburb against suburb and creating an intense rivalry, not only uh, with football teams, but also their supporters. The pushes began terrorizing opposing teams, umpires, and spectators. Uh, North Melbourne, home of the crutchy push, were considered uh, a team to avoid. What, what? Sorry, they were a team? Uh, or they were rooting for a team? Home of the, that's where they were... That's who they rooted for, the North Melbourne... Uh, the Crutchies like the North Melbourne team. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Uh, oh, I fucking got rid of the name. No, they weren't called the Kangaroos. They were calling something else. And uh, what? Shinboners. Shinboners? That is correct. Uh, yep. They're called the Shinboners? Shinboners. As a thing back then. Um, It's exactly what it sounds like. 
Uh, people in Australia in the 1800s could get l- little erections. I think they still their, can. On their shins. Oh, on their shins. On their shin. They had, okay. they had penises. That explains the big wide bottoms of the pants. Yes. Because you just got to... Yeah. You hard. No, look. All right. Eventually, they changed their name to the kangaroos because that's much better than shin boner. <laughs> I don't know if we're giving enough justice to shin boners. That's an amazing name. But they would, like, at one point, the, the crutchies uh, rushed the field because one of their own players was about to kick a ball from somewhere that he wasn't supposed to, and so they punched him in the head. So they're going at the shin boners, their favorite team? If they... Well, they were just trying to stop him from doing an illegal kick. <laughs> it's still an it's attack. Called, it's called being helpful. Right, okay, sure. <laughs> shin boners. Um, but the crutches were very, uh, very important to the, uh, the shin boners team for a while. There's a lot really of terms being support. tossed around right now. And then, uh, and then the thigh dicks. Oh, okay. Were, uh, were, that's a different thing, though. Sure. No, uh, I know the thigh dicks. That not to be confused weird. with the back pussies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had a hell of a draft. Say what you will. I think the back pussies are in for a big year. I really yeah. do. Apologies, ladies. In 1901, Valentine and his girlfriend, Harriet Adderley, had a boy they named Valentine. Mm, creative. Or sort of. Uh, <laughs> on one... Uh, record, Valentine Keating is listed as the father of the baby. On another, Harriet's husband, James, is listed as the father. Wait, so, so Harriet... You see the issue there. So, Valentine slept with Harriet, who was married to a man named James, and then she got pregnant, and that was... James was like, okay. I don't know if that's what happened, but... Okay. Um, that seems like... But a- they just... But she had... She was going... She had the baby. Yeah, she had the baby. It's just that in one on one place she listed him as the father, and then the other place she listed the her husband. Her husband. Who's, That's nice of her, at least. A little shout out. Uh, it doesn't. It I don't doesn't, think I forgot about you in this whole thing, hon. James, you were key. You were the one who weren't fucking me. So it's just. I mean, it doesn't matter because the baby died after nine weeks. <laughs> Remember, don't get attached. Don't. Certainly don't name it after you. I mean, that's like heartbreaking. Jeez. You name you name him number one, number two, number three. You don't name him Valentine because then you're like, oh, he doesn't have a shot. Oh, it's, that's a good name for a baby, also. <laughs> this is our boy, no shot, um, <laughs> and our daughter, not a chance. So. Twins, <laughs> isn't that amazing? They both have tuberculosis, so <laughs> that's fun. Born with it, born with it, just like their other nine sisters. Whooping, go to your room. This kid, he's <laughs> teenagers. I mean, he's six, but we treat him like teenagers at six here, because they die. <laughs> In uh, 
1901, 24-year-old Reg Hill, the leader of the Crutchy Push, and his roommate, James Walsh, were out drinking in a hotel with other Push members. Surely paying for all the beverages. Mm-hmm. James was the brother of David Walsh, who was married to Hannah. Right. While they sat and drank, James said to Reg, quote, I wish I had your mustache. I would steal your girl. Mm, I loaded. How do you even respond to that? Right. I'm glad you... Fuck you? <laughs> Pretty sure fuck you. Well, it really pissed Reg off, and he punched James in the face. Okay. Knocking him down. Then they took the fight outside, and Reg punched James in the face again, knocking him to the ground. While James was on the ground with blood pouring from his nose, Reg said goodnight to the fellas and walked home. <laughs> that's what you call a high... That's a high exit right there. Yep. Good night, boys. Boom! That's my time, guys. Thank you so much! James left soon after, allegedly remarking, quote, I'll be even with, with uh, that blank yet. That's what the paper said, blank. So I just assume... Halifax. Son of, son of a bitch, fucker, bastard, since Australia, cunt. During the night, as Reg slept, someone entered his room and smashed him on the forehead with a stone. Uh, well, well, well. Sh- shattered his skull. <sighs> Still alive, Reg fought back. The assailant then pulled a loose fire bar. What? Well, I think that's from the, I assume the, something from the fire escape or fire bar. I mean, it sounds like where you drink in Russia. Anyway, it's something to do with a fire, and it's a bar, and he pulled that uh, and then just started wailing on uh, Reg. Might be like a poker, maybe. Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. So he's beating him. Uh, with hit a... him on the head a couple times. Reg, quote, bruised and battered, almost out of recognition and speechless, somehow walked a quarter mile to his cousin's house, and then the two of them walked another two miles to the hospital. Oh, my God. Ambulances are so good. <laughs> Uh, truly, I know, I know a lot of people knock them, but fuck. So much yeah, better. Yeah, all than, those people are like, there's a better way. I don't know. Um, so much better than walking with your cousin, who's probably a dick. Like, and, just, and by the way, that two miles, it's not about how are you, what's up with you. It's yeah. just like, ah! Ah! How much further? Ah! Are we close? Ow! Ah! Let's take a break. No, we should keep going. Fuck. Do you even understand? Are you good, though? How's everyone with you? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, shut up. Ah. I was just thinking about hats. Uh, I wish I could wear a hat. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. It's not going to happen. Look at me. Oh, man. You're so loud, I kind of want to hit you with a fire <laughs> Oh, my God, where is my hat? I hope the cops didn't pick him up. He's got loose lips. <laughs> doesn't have lips. Uh, when Reg got to the hospital, they quickly uh, gave him an operation, and they drilled into his skull. Jesus Christ, that skull's having quite an evening. Yeah, it didn't... Uh, didn't work. Uh, Reg died. Ah, oh, but if you can imagine, thought they really had him there. <laughs> you know, it would be amazing if the surgery was just putting a hat on him. Like, okay, he's going to need nine months, but I think he's going to be okay. Worst case, he looks respectable. That's nice. 
Uh, police found James Walsh the next morning, and he had blood, sta- blood stains on his clothes, but he said it was his blood from the bloody nose. James is arrested and charged with inflicting grievous bodily harm on Reg. It's called murder. Uh, eh. okay. He had a he had a solid defense. He said he was angry at Reg, so he didn't want to share a bedroom with him, and instead slept at a stable. Wait. They were they were roommates, Reg. Still, and, but uh, they shared a bed. Yeah. Um, so they're not roommates; they're bedmates. There were rumors about Reg and. Uh, Oh, so maybe they and, were... Uh, yeah. Right. They might have been thigh-bonering. <laughs> Potench. Potench thigh-boners. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the jury uh, brought back a verdict of not guilty after half an hour. How? Well, no one saw anything. It's just because you're covered in blood. Yeah, and, I mean... And say you're mad at a guy who just died doesn't mean you did it. Well, he said he slept in the stable. I mean, what more do we need to hear? It feels like this is pretty open and shut. With Reg Hill dead, now 23-year-old Valentine Keating became the leader of the Crutchy Push. Oh, boy. News reports kept warning of the Crutchy Push, calling them a, quote, standing menace to the safety of the society of the district which it infests. Okay. Standing menace. They're fucking... I don't want to do it. Another, another news report, quote, William Stewart and Fred Collard were attacked by members of the infamous Crutchy Push early this morning and kicked and beaten and frightfully maltreated. After the push had finished with Stewart, they threw him over the railing of a house. Jesus Christ. One day, Valentine was fighting a man on a street corner while about 200 people watched. <laughs> what time of the world is this? If How many beatings okay. are you allowed to inflict? I don't know, but if there's a one-legged guy boxing a dude, I'm watching. Yeah. Not only that, like kicking the shit out of him. Yeah. I'm fucking in. Yeah, I would be one of the 200 people for sure. Yeah. I'd be shouting shit. He thinks you can't do it! Watch this. Just throw a hat in there. They freak out. <laughs> ah! Look at that. They're fighting the hat. Look at him go. They're beating the shit out of the hat. Unpredictable. This is why we need time travel. We need to go back to the hat era for a little while. Yeah, Just fuck some shit up. Yeah. One day, Valentine was fighting a man on a street corner while about 200 people watched, and Constable Noon approached. The crowd scurried off, but Keating came back and, quote, threatened to murder a man named Walsh. He also struck a little boy and pushed his handcart off the footpath. Okay, Just cool. I'd throw that okay. in. Uh, Valentine then ran to his mother's house to escape Constable Noon, and Constable Noon chased uh, and tried to arrest him. Valentine hit Constable Noon over the head with his crutch. Jesus. The fight escalated as Valentine's mother and sister joined in. (laughs) Constable McSweeney entered and joined the melee, and uh, Valentine kicked Constable McSweeney in the stomach. They finally managed to get hold of Valentine when his mother tried to hit a constable with a chair and missed and hit Valentine instead. I mean, that actually happens? Yeah. That felt like it was just movie invention. No, it's real. It's all based on that. (laughs) It has to be. Uh, Valentine, quote, was taken to the lockup, struggling violently and using bad, bad language. Here we go. At trial, uh, Valentine arrived with his head, quote, bedecked with sticking plaster, and he had evidently been through what turf men would call a severe preparation. <laughs> Who are the turf men? What is the preparation? What? 
I have no idea. The turf men. But it's seriously the best thing ever. Are they insinuating that it is hammed up for sympathy? I'm thinking they're actually saying, I mean, turf men, I'm, I'm assuming is from uh, either uh, sports, the football, or horse racing. Okay. And then they're really talking about evening out the turf, and that's what they did. <laughs> So See, these are just ground, the a gang of groundskeepers? Yeah, they're talking about groundskeepers, but instead of fixing grass, they're, they fix this guy's head with plaster. Cool. Okay, so he's just got a case of the divots. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Quote, state evidence showed that the woman in Valentine had attacked the constables with an iron bar, a chair, and a bottle, while Thomas Keating called on his brother not to go with the police. Valentine made a strong case, showing, quote, uh, he had been persecuted by the police, and what they said was all lies. And also, he'd been hit in the head with handcuffs, and that he had to be treated at the hospital because of the thrashing received by police. Valentine's mother confirmed he had been beaten in the head with handcuffs. The court said, quote, The bench would deal with you much more severely, but for the injuries you have received on your head. <laughs> Get a hat, for God's sake. A biggin'. You are fined $5 or one month in jail for using language and two, two, sorry, two pounds or 14 days on each of the assault charges. Bridget Keating, Margaret Walsh, and Thomas Keating were charged with assaulting Constables McSweeney and Noon. Thomas was also charged with inciting a prisoner to resist. They were each fined 20 or, uh, or seven days imprisonment. Thomas was also fined for making a hole in Constable McSweeney's helmet. That's... <laughs> Helmets or hats, you gotta, get, gotta get them. Even with all that, in 1904, Valentin was 26 years old and still going strong in the crutchy push. He and other push members entered a private parlor of the Sportsman Arms Hotel and ordered drinks. The owner told them to go into the bar to be served instead. Valentin and Push then attacked him, one hitting the owner in the head with a stone wrapped in a handkerchief, knocking him out. Dude, they, they are operating on, an, like, how you, people should just be walking around with crutches, everybody. Ready when you go down. Yeah, ready for the fucking crutchy push. Just be, they just have access, like, they're just <laughs> operating on another level. I don't know why, I don't know what you're so worried people about. People are playing checkers and they have stones in their sleeves. Because of their crutches. Yeah. Valentine uh, and the Stan handkerchief, handkerchief man were arrested for unlawfully and maliciously wounding and inflicting grievous harm. The trial was delayed a week so the owner could recover to testify. Valentine requested bail. The judge had had it with the crutchy push. Quote, you are evidently both members of a class that is getting a perfect nuisance. We have not been severe in the past, but our leniency is not appreciated. We will not grant any bail. At trial, Valentin han- handled his own defense. He said, quote, I thought I was in the bar parlor when told to leave, and before he had time to walk out, uh, I was roughly pushed out. When some distance from the hotel, I was struck on the head with what I was told was a poker, which had been taken from Boyle's hotel. The jury found uh, him guilty of unlawfully wounding. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. That's splitting because so that many gives, hairs. That gives the impression Unlo- that, that there's, there's lawful, lawful wounding. Yeah, that you can, that you lawfully, can lawfully wound, wound. someone. Right. This was the. Did you deserve to be beaten? Yes, I did. Yeah. All right. There so this are. is this is when the crutchy push is about uh, to start falling apart. Valentine, his girlfriend Harriet, and friend John Collins broke into a house one night where they just started eating and drinking the food. 
Wait, no, they didn't. They were e- wait drinking the food, eating and drinking, drinking and eating food. Right. Okay. I thought they were making smoothies for a minute. <laughs> so they're just they just walk in there like raccoons and just start fucking mowing and pounding booze. Yeah. Okay. I now, like that move. That is a that's a crime I can get behind. What about the fact that the people who lived there were home? I think still. I think you know, as long as we're leaving it here. I think for the crutchy push, this is okay. Let them, you know, they're like gremlins. You just got to, like, handle them. So the couple told the crutchies to leave, but they did not. So the couple then called for the police. How do you call for the police back then? Do you just uh, shout? I think you send a a young urchin, a street urchin. (laughs) So you just call a street boy? run and, uh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, that's amazing right off the bat. Um, so, uh, Constable McKay arrived and he told the crutchies to leave and demanded they tell him their names also. Instead, Valentine uh, just started yelling obscenities. Okay. The constable then tried to arrest Valentine. Let me guess. Valentine somehow beats the shit out of him. Well, Harriet yelled, quote, you put a finger on him and I'll split your skull. And they started attacking the constable. Valentine and Collins wrestled the constable to the floor, which allowed Harriet to kick him in the face several times. Jesus Christ. They are a good couple, though. They are. They get it. They get a good date night. The constable's beaten unconscious, and portions of his scalp were displaced. Quote, ordinary stitches were insufficient to bind the wounds together. Oh, my God. I mean, those are, that is, I mean, you're really splitting hairs. Uh, senior Constable Crooks arrived and... Constable Crooks? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. What's going on it? Sir, Constable Crooks. Uh, the three crutchies took off, but they were soon caught and arrested. In court, Valentine tried to get Harriet released. Uh, he said uh, to the bench, quote, I think you ought to discharge the woman. <laughs> Great. Really strong argument. The passion. The magistrate was completely over it. Quote, hold your tongue, sir. Don't attempt to dictate to me. I know what I ought to do. I'll deal with you for contempt of court if you give me any impudence. You ought to be put in a cage like a wild beast or chained up like a dog. Senior Constable Mulcahy testified, quote, when I got... Ow! Ow, 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 Where did he hit you? Let the record show he went to a different octave. (laughs) I think that's important. You can tell now he's clearly injured, and what he's saying is that the gentleman over there uh, clearly assaulted him. Uh, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. No, okay, let's not... Uh, let's all be polite here. This is a court of law. Sir, I will ask you to respect this court. Sir, you will stop pigeoning. Stop it. Sir, stop it or I will misplace more of your scalp. See? Good heart. Good kid. Okay, he testified, quote, when I got up to the place, I asked Keating what he was doing, and Keating replied, that's got nothing to do with you. 
I mean, he's in someone else's house, so that's weird. <laughs> well, to be fair, he does, doesn't have anything to do with him right then. He afterwards said, I always do as I like in North Melbourne and will show you I will do so now. Keating then struck me in the mouth uh, with his crutch breaking a tooth. There was a general struggle in which the woman, woman kicked me when I was on the ground. While I was struggling with Keating, the latter called out to Collins, Crutch him! Dude, they have like X-Men catchphrases. Flame on! Crutch him! Crutch armed. <laughs> Crutch up. And I was struck on the head with the crutch. Crutching tiger, hidden dragon. <laughs> Some guy goes, fuck. I am still suffering from injuries. Some pieces of broken bone can't, came out of the wound this week. Okay, all right. Enough with the sob story. Just the facts, man whose brain is dripping. Just the fact that there was a time where you could get hurt and then a couple days later be like, oh, it's that bone? How's your head? I'm still picking pieces away, but I think uh, it'll get better. You know how skulls heal? Uh, Valentin had a different story. He told the jury, quote, I was going... His head hit my crutch! I was going quietly home from Smith's place when Constable Mulcahy said, what are you doing here? And I said, I have done no wrong. And he said, get from here. And he struck me on the chest, knocking me down. I got up and walked away. I was suddenly grabbed from behind. As I turned around, I was struck on the chin and knocked down. When I tried to get up, I was beaten unmercifully on the head with handcuffs and knocked insensible. I did not strike Mulcahy. The story is only made up a, a, a pack of lies. Uh, he was sentenced to five years in prison. Hard okay. labor. Okay. Okay. Uh, with the first four days of the fourth month of the first year to be passed in solitary confinement. Wait, okay. So four days? First four days of the fourth month of the first year. <laughs> Good Lord. There has to be a simpler way to say that. <laughs> Just, like, even he's like, yeah, fuck that. How long? <laughs> when? Oh, oh, four days. Yeah, right. Uh, the fourth month. <laughs> what? The first year. So four days? Of the fourth month. The... Of the first year. Sorry. Yep. Four days. Yep. Of the fourth month. Yep. Of the first year? Yeah, that's it. Four days? Yeah, of the first month of the first year. What the fuck? It is four days, right? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need a veils for when someone's open to solitary confinement. How does March work? Nah, March is bad for me. All right. April? I could do April. Well, I could do three in April and then one in May. That works. That works for us. Yeah, we can do that. That's great. Okay, let's do that. All right, awesome. Get in there, you scamp. (laughs) He's rascals. He's a murderer. Harry got 12 months. While uh, Valentin was serving his five-year sentence in 1906, he was tried at Pentridge Penal Establishment for making two toilet brushes without authority. Whoa. 
Uh, how dare you, sir? You will have a dirty shitter. No. Two toilet brushes. No, it, nobody in civilized society needs two. Who the fuck is going at it like, let's go. You're not making Caesar salad with him. Come on, flick that. Let's go. Maybe he was just really into cleaning toilets and he wanted to clean everyone's toilet in the prison. I can't imagine they had individual toilets. Uh, who kn- Oh, my God. I'm in sure in, it was in just... the regular world, they didn't. So I'm sure it was just one toilet. I can't believe they had toilet brushes. What, like, what? Look, don't the look accommodations at me, I don't, I don't know a lot of history about toilets. I think that's good. Or I really don't think we want to get into the that. The cleaning of them. But this guy liked to clean uh, toilets to put his butthole. Sure. Well, I don't know if that's... That's the actual... The end of the crutchies uh, and the pushes was near. In 1910, Melbourne formed a task force of the 10 brilliant police officers and authorized them to literally beat push members into submission. Jesus. One source said they were given lengths of hose to use. To beat them? Yep. They're hose beating? Yeah, that's a good, that's a serious beating to beat a guy with a hose. You want, I'll show you later. A hose? Yeah, yeah, well, I'll I show you. I feel like you'd arm them with, like, why not just tie frying pans on rope? It's there. I mean, I can tell you right now, that's pretty fucking heavy. W- what I'm saying? Yeah, to swing a frying pan around? Yeah, I mean, it's my first pitch, but yeah, I would say frying pans on rope, deadlier than hoses. And it's not about being deadlier. It's about the, this, the simplicity and ease of swinging the hose. Dude, you give me a frying pan on a fucking string. I'll, okay, show, so you let's a winning, do this. I'll show you a winning formula. Let's do this. In the parking lot after the show. Fine, let's go. Let's go. I'll, I'll fucking frying pan string fight you against the hose any, any day. fucking day. I'm, you I want gotta, a frying pan hose fight, let's go. Yeah, let's see if you can get within 10 feet of me because I'm swinging that shit around and hitting you on your stupid <laughs> 10 fucking feet. Head. You won't know what 10 is by the time I'm done with you. Okay. Be fucking flinging those just, frying pans around. I just and smell. that's just my first pitch, by the way. I could come up with better than a frying pan on rope. Well, we're already we're already fighting in the parking lot. I'm in, lot, so dude. It's too late get, for let's your get the shirts off. Let's other dance. Pitches. I don't care. All right, can't wait to hit you. Let's go with a hose. Yeah, good, yeah. You you brought a hose to a frying pan rope fight. Good luck to you, sir. All good right. luck. I'll be fucking laughing. <laughs> Look at the hose. Adorable. Ding, ding. His scalp's misplaced. Boom. Pan drop. Out. Frying pain. The task force was known as the Terrible Ten. They were giving a roving uh, uh, order directive to hit hard and often. With hoses, yeah. Yeah. Not with frying pans on ropes. Hit once and move. Uh, the city of Adelaide followed suit and soon formed its own terrible ten. Then in 1911, the federal government introduced compulsory military training. Separating the gangs uh, for service had an effect. The Sydney Sun reported in 1914, quote, compulsory training has done much to prevent a reoccurrence of the evil for use now spend in drill, the time they used to devote to loafing, cigarette smoking, and idle gossiping on the street corners. <laughs> okay. The crutchy push was weakened by the terrible ton, uh, compulsory service, and Valentine being locked up, but they still weren't completely done. The Sydney Sun, 1912, quote, Public opinion and police have stamped out organized Alaricanism in all but one quarter. The years have passed and seen the Larrican dwindle numerically, but the crutchy push 
as a remarkable example of the survival of the unfittest. Right, right there. That's th- truly, that is why. Because if you just create pariahs based on something that they can't help, surely they're just going to galvanize and become a force. Like, you, you need to empathize. Otherwise, yeah, for sure they're going to form a fucking pocket of resistance. Good Lord. It's the crutchy push. I don't know what galvanize means. The survival of the unfittest stands on its one leg as an eternal challenge to Darwin. Dude, I know we made a couple jokes. But this is an authority being like, I mean, that's like a Trump. That's Trump. Crunchy Push doesn't have a leg to stand on. (laughs) They don't. They don't. Because they have a disability. <laughs> 15 years of seeing the crutchy push harassed by the law, routed by public opinion, beset on every hand by vested interests. But 15 years, Phil Stein still finds it going strong. The New Zealand Evening Post reported a group of crutchy push members wanted to buy fireworks to, quote, demonstrate their appreciation of the crowning of King George. Mm. The shops were already closed. One Chinese shop owner was still in his store but would not sell to them. From the paper quote... Oh, this isn't good. (laughs) Loaded sigh. This is from the paper quote. It too late. Close up, six o'clock. No Sally now. In the paper. We. The old double E. <laughs> we are just the worst. These, this is a paper. Do you hear what the China guy said, hon? Uh, yeah, he said no selly. <laughs> That's a quote. So the crutchies broke the windows, stole the fireworks, and then a fight broke out between the gang and shop owners. But the crutchy had learned and took off before the constables arrived. It was not the same crutchy push that prided itself on fighting the cops. When he was released from prison, Valentin found a new line of work. He became one of the most notorious Sly Grog operators in Melbourne. Uh, Sly Grog? Mm-hmm. He was Sly Grogging? Just yep. like Mama? Mama Sly Grog? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His beer house in Fitzroy was unlicensed, so he couldn't call the police when trouble started, but that was not a problem for him. He was imprisoned once in 1917 and once in 1919 for selling unlicensed liquor. Got about six months each time. In 1918, he married a woman named Ivory Mary, and they had a daughter, Lorraine. Valentin kept having run-ins with the law. In 1925, he was fined for receiving stolen goods. He explained that he had found the tools in a property he was renting and had no idea they were stolen. (laughs) So he's just using the Pawn Stars excuse? I had no... It was here when I got here, so... Yeah, what are you going to do? Mine? I feel like not a lot of people here watch Pawn Stars. Doesn't feel like it. <laughs> not that I do, but I have an yeah. awareness. Uh, in 1927, he was arrested after a party turned into a brawl. In 1929, he spent a couple weeks in jail after he was found, quote, at half past three o'clock in the morning, reclining at the wheel of a motor car. Whoa, there we go. Uh, according to the arresting <laughs> officer, quote, he was very drunk, had abrasions, and his face was covered in blood. Well, 
still driving. Leaping it off. Yeah, yeah. When asked about the injuries, he said, quote, Jackie did it. Well, that'll, that, that wraps that up. I guess nobody has any questions about that. But the reign of Valentin Keating and Do we know who Jackie was? No. <laughs> no. That's a good excuse for anything. Uh, the reign of Valentin Keating ended. The former head of the Crutchy Push uh, died in 1930 of tuberculosis at the age of 30. Wow. Jesus Christ. Did you know about the crutchy push? No, yeah. Okay, good talk. (laughs) The fuck? He was a bit of a stud. Valentin? Yeah, I'm going to pull up a picture. Oh. And then everyone's going to get wet. (laughs) Happy Valentin's Day. (laughs) He's not bad looking, right? Did you fuck that? Let's see. Uh, yeah, he's attractive. I, I mean, for the time, that's like a yeah. face and shit. If you yeah, go like back, that, that truly. If you go that, back to old pictures, just like wow, that's a lady or a guy. What's happening? Look at that. That's like a that's like a that. put together human. That's a, that. like a crazy fucked up. Looks like a fucking dude. So, I'd so we're both attracted to him. We've established that. Um, he seems chill though. See, he's guys, got it all. He's got. You get it. Uh, a violent anger issue. He has most of his teeth, and um, there's a picture of him. So you, you guys had the he first, could start a Tinder profile. Uh, disabled militia yeah. <laughs> in the world. I have another. There's every once in a while things pop up in this. Podcast and I, I if, if someone invents a time machine, I want to go back to certain places, and one of those is watching a bunch of guys with one legs fight. No, 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 fight Dave, people in the street. Not fight, fucking thrive. Yeah, thrive. demolish. Yeah, but it does. It definitely does speak to the idea that like you cannot, you just can't. Like if you do make a group of people feel like shit and feel useless and Get feel I'm like sorry. they need to separate. Um, that's my act. Huh? <laughs> But if, if you do, like, you're gonna, that's going to happen. This shit is going to happen. People are going to, like, I mean, it, ha- it keeps happening all the fucking time. You marginalize people, you make them feel useless, and then they fucking rise up, and you're like, what's your deal, assholes? It's like, no, you fucking, you can't, if, you, if you don't have rights and you don't feel like a human, you're going to fucking be pissed. That's my time, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Are you talking about Kid Rock? Talking about Kid Rock? I yeah. am talking about Kid Rock. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, it's all, yeah. No, this is the ba wa ta da da dang da dang digga digging of society. Um, Which is available, it's a book I wrote on my site, the ba wa ta da da dang da dang digga digging of society. And it is, it's two and a half pages. It's two of the pages are illustrations by James Fosdyke. And the other is a thing Dave wrote. And it's my book, and I would love people to grab it. I really would. It's a really good read. Uh, Kid Rock is going to be our next president. Well, no, Dave is crazy. He's got to win the Senate race. He's going to win first. And then we'll get President Kid Rock. Anyway, I'm looking to marry someone in Australia, so... Uh, thank Me you, too. sir. Um, 
my wife and I. Are you guys doing three-way marriages? Are you guys on Thrinder? What's going on? Uh, thank you guys so much for coming out. We really appreciate it. We will always come back to Adelaide. Because sometimes you gotta celebrate. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there.